This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's, it's my honor to share a word with you this morning. So I'm continuing this morning with a series called Spirit Lead Me. And... I want to I wanna be very practical this morning because there's been many times in my life when I was desperate to hear God's voice, when, when I was at a crossroad. You see, there's, there's, there's moments where you would like to hear God's voice, you know, when you, you, you need to know, should you buy a KitKat or a bar one, you know? <laughs> and then, oh, both, okay, Rion says both, just buy both. And then there's this, I call it crossroad decisions. Well, you need to know, is this the girl you're going to marry? Is, are you immigrating or not? You know, the crossroad decisions that you should, you should hear from the Lord because he's the one who created you. He's the one who knows your future. He's the one who, who formed you together. He's the one who see clearly where, where we see certain glimpses and we, we see in part, but often we don't have the full picture. And, when it comes to those crossroad decisions, we need to hear God's voice. And one of them in my life was when I was 16, 17 years old, when I had to decide what to do after matric, which is quite a big decision. I, there's so many people who regret what, what, what they've studied or what they've done after matric. So I, I, I grew up in a very small town, and my, my exposure to many different careers were very limited, but I... All I knew was I'm not doing anything in the medical field. That's, that was the one thing I, I knew. And then the other thing I knew was that I liked accounting. So it, it, it didn't help me that much, but it helped me a little bit. So I, I read somewhere something about a, a, the career of a chartered accountant. I didn't know anything about it. My dad did a straight BCom, so for him it was, it was also unfamiliar with that. But somehow, even in, in my ignorance, I was drawn to that. And I wrote down one night as a 16, 17-year-old, I wrote down in my diary, I feel God wants me to go to Stellenbosch, the University of Stellenbosch, and, and do a BCom accounting degree. Even though I knew, I didn't know what it, what it entailed, I wrote it down. However, I went to a career consultant because I was still very confused, and, and that was the only thing I had, you know, guided me, that little drawing and you know, to that course, went to a career consultant. He actually advised actuarial science, which I have no idea. I have no idea how he got to that conclusion, but that was what he advised me to do. In the end, I followed his advice. I, st- uh, I uh, uh, applied for actuarial science. I, I got accepted, and I started with it. So in my first week at varsity, I, I went to maths classes. I had this very thick calculus maths book that I felt sick in my stomach when I looked at the book. I, I, after a week, everything in me was screaming that I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm doing the wrong thing. It was only a week, but I, I was just, I lost my peace. I was depressed. I actually look at the, at the accounting students and envied them. Like, I wish I can study what you study. And, and I just got to a point where I realized, this is ridiculous. I am seriously on the wrong path. And I remember the one night after a week, I said to God, I'm not going to sleep unless he speaks to me. Because I realized that was a, it, 
it was a crossroad decision, you know, not that you can't change your career. I think marriage or getting married is maybe a more, you know, permanent decision. You can change your career. But for me at that stage, I needed to know, you know, and, and God took me back to that journal entry two years ago where I wrote down, I feel I must do a BCom accounting degree at Stellenbosch. And he took me to another thing I wrote down. It was somebody who prayed for me in that same season who saw two roads. Very simple picture. But, and the, the, the word was that there will be two options and two roads and God wants you to take the specific one and not the other one. And in that moment, I knew I need to change. I need to change. And I, I didn't speak to anybody. It was in that moment where I felt so strongly that God is leading me. I phoned my parents. I said, I'm changing. And it was a big drama for those of you who have ever studied at a university. I mean, just after one week, you just kind of know where your classes are. And you just got all your textbooks. So it was an admin nightmare just to change. But they allowed me to do it. And praise God, after one week, I could hear his voice through various things, but I made the right decision. I would have died doing actuarial science. As I say, that career consultant, you know, I must ask for my money back. <laughs> but he obviously thought he's doing me a favor, but it, it would have been the complete wrong thing for me to study. Maybe you think actuarial science, you know, maths, accounting, what's the difference? There's a massive difference. But... I, I'm so thankful that in that moment, even as a first-year student, God could guide me. He saved me so, from, from, you know, from so many things. I would have probably then changed at the end of my first year uh, and had to do so many subjects again. So God is so faithful. And um, obviously, you have your own stories. You know, Maybe some of you are in a position where you need to make a business decision or you need to employ specific people. Maybe you, you need to study or you want to study. Maybe you're already working. You want to study again. Maybe you want to specialize. Maybe you're mom and you need to consider daycare or a nanny or primary school or high school. or You know, these decisions, it's really important to us. And God is so eager to speak to us. Guys, what about this one? You really like this girl, and you need to know if she's the one. And as I see, we, we always see in parts, but God sees everything. He sees generations. He sees your children's children and their children. He, he, uh, uh, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. God is not limited to our way of thinking. And our timing. And this is why we need the creator of the universe to speak to us. And he's eager to do that for you this morning and every, every day of your life. So obviously the question is, how does God speak? Okay? We all want to know. We all maybe desire to hear God's voice. But how does he speak? And the two simplest ways, I'm, I'm going to be very practical this morning. But the, the easiest ways that I can explain to you how I relate to God's voice, it's God is speaking all the time, but we need to tune into his, his voice like you tune into a radio station. There's, there's people talking all the time on Link FM, okay? But if you are here, you're not going to hear the Link FM people speaking. You, you need to tune into the right radio station, and you will find God is speaking all the time. And as soon as you discover that radio station, 
we need to learn to respond to it because it's like an alarm clock. You know, many people say no, but they've overslept. But the alarm was, they set the alarm, but no, no, I didn't hear my alarm. So how is that possible, you know? <laughs> Maybe you snoozed your alarm for a month. Maybe you're like, snooze, snooze. Maybe you didn't respond when it like, you know, when, when, it, when it woke you up. And now you're actually honestly not hearing it anymore. Because it, it, it woke you up the one morning, but you decided not to respond immediately. So as soon as we discover God's radio station where he talks, it is so crucial that we learn to not only listen, but learn to respond when he speaks. Because if we ignore him long enough, we're not going to hear him so clearly. And maybe later we won't hear him at all anymore. Because we haven't responded. We haven't trained our bodies to respond. So in the same way, we need to train our bodies to respond to an alarm clock or to anything, you know, that needs to direct you. You won't actually respond anymore if you ignore it long enough. It will still be there and it will still be speaking, but you won't hear it. So it is so important to hear God's voice because we, as, as I say, we, we know in part. And Happiness, fulfillment, joy, all of those things are only found when you are in God's perfect will. I know there's, there's a scripture in Proverbs that, there's, that says there's a road that a man thinks is right, but the end leads to death. There's so many roads we can take, and there's so many roads that seem like the right one, but the end of it might lead to death. And this is why we need to be able to hear God's voice. And, and also, we are... As Christians, we are God's ambassadors. We are God's hand and his feet on, on this earth. So we need to, on behalf of those who do not know Jesus, we need to hear God's voice on their behalf. We need to be able just not only to hear God's voice for our own lives, but sometimes for the lives of other people. You know, we've had words in church uh, more than once about somebody who wants, who's in the service who wants to commit suicide. And the, the word was called out, and it saved somebody that morning from committing suicide. People who have written their letters, people who had a plan. What if that word, what if God didn't speak? Or let me rather say, he would have, he would have spoken. What if somebody was not in tune with God that morning, and a word was not spoken? It saved, it saved people before from from destruction, from death, literally. And we can be one of those people who bring a word in season to somebody who's weary, to somebody who wants to give up on life. It's so crucial that we learn to recognize God's voice. So I'm going to give you a few examples of how God speaks. Maybe for some of you, you're familiar to this. Maybe it will be a refresher or a reminder. Maybe for some of you, it will be brand new. But I'm going to run you through a few ways of how I recognized God's voice. Okay, are you guys ready for this? So put on your student hat, okay, make a few notes. Take, if you don't want to make notes, take photos of the slides. Okay, I've seen people, you know, if you can't write anymore, you can only type. <laughs> so make a few notes. The, first of all, God often speaks to me with a still, small voice. So let me show you a scripture in 1 Kings 19. It's an account of the prophet Elijah. 
He was searching and looking for God. And there it says, And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. How beautiful is that? The Bible also describes it as a delicate, whispering voice. I'm not saying that God cannot be in a fire or in a wind. Okay, this is not what the scripture is saying. God can speak in any, in any way, but in this specific instance, God didn't speak through the fire or the wind or the earthquake. He was speaking through a still, small voice, which we can easily miss, very easily miss. Because a delicate, whispering voice is almost... Similar, very similar to your own thoughts. Very similar to your own thoughts. It will, it will just pass by like a thought. You know, one, one example where, where, uh, where I often trust the Lord to hear the still small voice is when I have lost something. You've lost something before? Okay, nobody knows where it is. I've so many times in my life said, God, where is this thing I need it now? Oh, it's, it's gone. It's been missing for three weeks. God, you know where it is. Surely God knows where your stuff is. <laughs> where is it? And so many times God has answered me with a still small voice. It feels just like my own thought. But the, the reason I know it's God is because now for three weeks or for two hours, I've been looking and I haven't thought about that specific place. And you literally just feel, just look there. It's almost just a sense. It's a, it's a thought. And I have learned to recognize God's voice for in those moments when I lost things. It's a, it's a really nice way to practice. It's not life-threatening. You can just practice to hear that still small voice. It is beautiful. And then we need to learn to discern, and then we need to learn to act. And the more we act upon that still small voice, the more we learn, okay, that was God. That was actually God speaking to me. You know, God can speak through peace or the absence of peace, also one that often happens, happens to me. Like typically in my first year at university when I lost my peace. So the absence of peace is anxiety or it's fear. And sometimes it's not the enemy bringing anxiety or fear or, or uncomfortable feeling. It's actually the Holy Spirit speaking to you. First of all, obviously, if you do not know peace, it's going to be hard for you to know the absence of peace. So if you are here this morning and you're not at peace with God, this is your first step. If you do not know the peace of God, you need to actually surrender control, surrender your life, make him Lord and King of your life, and make sure that you actually move from a place of anxiety to a place of complete peace. Just that you know what peace feels like. Because if you don't know peace, you're also not going to know the absence of peace. But for me in my first year, everything was the absence of peace in that first week. And this is why I knew God was speaking to me. So it's so important. So it's almost like a whistle. I'm going to read you the scripture. Colossians 3 verse 15 in the Amplified says, And let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, let that peace rule in your heart, let it act as an umpire. 
Okay, let it act as an umpire or a referee. So, I mean, for those of you who have kids playing rugby or netball, you know, like this whistle. Okay, this is losing the peace of God. It's as loud as this. One day if I lose my job, if my husband fires me, I can become a netball coach or something. At least I can blow the whistle. If we ignore this long enough, it will become like, It will still be loud, but we will hear it as a very, very soft whistle. So the moment we lose our peace, God says, let that be as an umpire. Let it be as somebody who controls a game and who blows the whistle and says, stop the game. Stop the game. There's a reason now. There's a high tackle. We need to stop the game. There's a very specific reason why God would make you lose your peace. Because he wants to stop you and he wants to communicate something to you. So when when we we lose our peace, we literally need to stop and say, Okay, God, what what are you communicating to me? You know, sometimes it's literally just an uncomfortable feeling. You feel uncomfortable. You know, like watching a movie and you feel uncomfortable. Then this whistle is blowing and it says, switch it off. Walk out. Do something. There's a whistle. But ignoring the whistle, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, you won't even hear it anymore. Then the swear words or the SNL fear, whatever those things are, um, you know, screaming at you. It should already scream at you when you check the cover of the DVD, you know. 16 SLNV. Stay away. That's, that's this whistle. But now you ignore it. Fine. Now you watch it. Now you, this whistle is blowing and blowing and blowing. You lose your peace. You feel uncomfortable. This is when you must say, stop the game. Stop, stop what I'm doing with. You know, I teach my son. He's now 10 years old. And I teach him if he reads a book or watches a movie and he feels uncomfortable, he must stop and come and tell me. You know, we can't supervise our children for the rest of our lives. He's now 10, you know, when he's three and four, I pretty much know everything that he reads and everything that he watches. Now we go to the library often. I can't read every book before I give it to him to read. I can't screen everything. So I need to teach him. I need to teach him when do you lose your peace? And I just tell him if you feel uncomfortable. It has happened a few times now that he comes to me and says, Mommy, this book makes me uncomfortable. So he, he understands perfectly, you know, what it means to lose your peace. But for him, I just explain, you will feel uncomfortable. And then we stop. Then he explains to me what makes him uncomfortable. And we put the book aside. I've bought books at bargain books. It made him uncomfortable. Then we throw it away. It's a whistle. It's a whistle that says, do something. All right? Don't ignore it. Don't pretend that the whistle isn't there because later you might not hear it anymore. So this is peace or the absence of peace. God can speak through the Bible, maybe the most obvious one. The the Word of God is living and powerful, Hebrews 4 verse 12. This book is alive. It is alive. And if you have never read it in a way that something jumps off the page, you still need to experience God speaking in, in, in this way. If you've never experienced reading a, a, a chapter and something comes alive, it 
suddenly makes sense. It suddenly opens your eyes for a truth. If you've never experienced it, I want to encourage you. Before you read, say, God, open my eyes. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, bring the word alive. Because it's the Holy Spirit that brings the word alive. The Bible is alive and powerful. God speaks through dreams and visions. You know, Acts 2 verse 17 says, it says, God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men or women shall see visions. Your old men or women shall dream dreams. This is one of the more exciting ways, one of the most exciting ways, I think, that God can speak. He often speaks to us through a picture or a, or a dream. And we also need to learn to recognize God in those moments. I remember... When, when Andre and I were still at Chauffeur Tigerberg, he was a student pastor there on the medical campus. One evening he was preaching and God showed me very clearly, showed me a picture of a butterfly and then he gave me the, the word virginity. And it was one of those moments where I was so certain this is God because I, it, it was so clear in my head and in my mind. And I felt that God is saying there's a girl here She's obsessed with butterflies. She loves it, but she's lost her virginity, and God wants to restore something. Now, obviously, it's not, it's not a word that you're going to now ask the person to walk forward in front of everybody. I just called it out, and I left it, and I said, please come and speak to me later. So this girl comes. She opens a diary, and there's just pictures of butterflies falling out, you know, literally pictures that she's cut out. In a, in a diary. And she said to me, Sonika, that word is for me. However, she wasn't sure if she's lost her virginity. But she's got the story that when she didn't know God as a student, she got drunk the one night in Stellenbosch. She ended up in a men's hostel. She woke up the next morning in this hostel and she had no memory whatsoever of what happened. And she said to me, she doesn't know what happened. However, there's this something in her against men or towards men that she cannot explain. And she just knows that God is highlighting something for her, you know, that she can't even remember. And she came to me in the week. We prayed through it. And God, it's something really powerful. It was a picture and it was a word. And and I had to obviously step out. I'll get to that later. I had to take a risk because surely I can miss it. We can all miss it. But the more we step out with a picture or a word or a prophecy or something like a still small voice or absence of peace, you recognize God is speaking all the time. So it's so beautiful when you start hearing God's voice. He speaks when we meet as believers. He speaks this morning. I mean, he speaks through the worship, through the message. He speaks through a fellow brother and sister just giving you a hug. This is why we should not neglect coming to church. I am preaching to the converted now. <laughs> There's a scripture in Hebrews that says we should not neglect meeting together. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Amen. So I want to encourage you, force yourself to come to church. Drag yourself here if necessary. But that morning when you don't come, it's possibly the enemy wanting to keep you away from something that you should hear. Do what it takes to come to church. Do what it takes. Force yourself. Drag yourself. 
Do whatever it takes because God speaks on a Sunday morning. He speaks whenever we meet as believers. Amen. He speaks through, through godly friends and counsel. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says, Proverbs 11, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Say safety. Safety. We all need a friend. We need a counselor. We need somebody who will speak the truth. You know, this is why for those of you who are, are joined a life group, well done. This is where you're going to live out this scripture. You know, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And we all need that. We need people to speak into our lives. God can speak through a physical pain in your body that is not your own. Okay? This is maybe a little bit more, uh, more as strange or unfamiliar to some of you. But... Often when we pray for people who are sick, often when we pray for somebody who, who's got pain in their bodies, God actually gives you that pain in your body and you just know this is not your pain to indicate what he wants to do. He leads us specifically. You know, we can pray many prayers, but God actually wants us to, to, pray, to pray specifically, to pray right in that moment according to what he wants to do. So last year when we visited Shelfer Wellington, Andre did a, a, a healing service on the Sunday. So the idea was we're going to pray for people who are sick or experience pain in their bodies. And he said to, uh, to the team, okay, you need to help me with words. We call it a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is something that God gives you that it's a factual thing that you would not have known anywhere else. Okay, it's something God reveals to you. It's not something you, you could have known. So, and often when we pray for people who are sick, God speaks through a pain in your body. So that night, the Saturday night, I, I do battle with my hips, this one in particular. So if anybody has pain in their hips and it's not your pain, come and pray for me, okay? So that night when, when I slept, I felt the pain, but it was, I would say, at least 10 to 15 times worse than what it is normally. So I felt it the whole night. It was really sore. And I, I thought to myself, could this be God speaking to me? And I decided to take the risk. I decided to share with Andre, I feel God wants to heal people with hip problems, with, with hip pain. He called it out. It ended up being a woman who was, uh, during a, the birth process, her hips were damaged, both her hips. She couldn't run or walk normally. She, she was too afraid to come forward and tell us. So the miracle happened very spontaneously when, when one of the team members prayed over her, not for, the, for her hips, for something else. And God did a miracle for this person who since birth battled with pain, who couldn't walk or run normally. So if, I don't know, if I didn't step out, maybe God would have still done the miracle. I don't know, but God often uses pain in your own body just to highlight somebody else that he wants to touch. It's beautiful. It's glorious. And the more you experience it, the more you get to know this is how God speaks. You know, God also speaks by just drawing us closer. Very simple. You know, sometimes he just draws us closer. You know, two weeks ago, and Andre was preparing for his sermon Saturday evening. I was on my way to Mark Vian's school clothes, you know, just very normal thing. And I heard a worship song from his office where he was preparing. And all of a sudden, I felt drawn to God. 
I literally felt as if God is kind of pulling me aside from my normal activities or my my plans of, you know, just marking beyond school clothes. And I felt the still small voice saying, Sonica, you can do this later. And I dropped it and I went to our lounge and I also put up some worship music and I had the most special moments with the Lord. And, and, and I must confess that there's times where I ignore that, you know, when I'm so busy and distracted and I feel drawn but I'm kind of arguing, you know, God, I have so much to do. I can't leave it now. And, you know, and in those moments, I was, I've always been regretful of not pausing, of not leaving what I'm busy with, because those moments where God draws you are most often the, the intimate and special moments. It's almost like a little date with the Lord, you know, like an invitation to a, a, a moment with God. So he speaks by just drawing you closer to him. And then the last one I want to share with you is just God often could highlight a person. He could just highlight a person. You can walk into church. You can walk into a room. You can walk into a meeting at work. You can walk, you can drop your child at school and you can see your mom and that person is highlighted. Somehow the person stands out or you are drawn to the person or the person is emphasized in some way, and God is actually wanting to get your attention because he wants you to speak to the person. He wants you to pray for the person. He wants you to give, you, give him or her a hug. He, he just wants you to do something. So the moment somebody is highlighted, we need to stop and say, okay, God, what? What? How? When? What are you trying to communicate? You know, at the, at the end of last year, we went to Arena. Riverside Resort. If you've never been there before, please book yourself in. It is incredible. It is amazing. It is. It feels like a different world. And at, on our last day, very last day, when we were on our way to leave, we were at the swimming pool, and there was this one lady, and she had a son, Vian's age, okay, only son. And when we started talking to her, we discovered that they were also trying to fall pregnant with his second child for a very long time. So obviously there was an immediate connection. And then they went off canoeing and we still spent time at the swimming pool. Then she came back. And on our way, we were actually going to drive home. I just felt that God is highlighting her again. You know, she was just lying there and her son was playing in the pool. And I said to Andre, I need to go and pray for her. I need to, I can't now ignore this. It's like a drawing. She's highlighted. And yeah, luckily I'm married to Andre. Like, yes, of course, go. We'll tell you at the pool, you go and pray. And it was, it was so special. And God gave me words for her. Obviously it's a little bit awkward, you know, she's a stranger. I've just met her this morning. I went, I go there, say, uh, sorry, I really feel I must pray for you. Is that okay? You know, that first little awkward stepping out. And she's like, yes, please pray. And it was amazing. It was really a moment. And if I didn't respond, I would have missed that moment forever. Maybe God would have sent somebody else to pray for her. I hope he does that, you know, when we are disobedient. But I could be a part of something that was so special. So God speaks in so many ways. You know, he can speak through a donkey. You know, in the Bible, he spoke through a donkey. He can speak through your mother-in-law, guys. He can do that. 
He can speak through nature or circumstances. He can even sometimes speak through somebody who does not know Jesus. You know, we, let's not put God in a box. He can speak in so many different ways. It is beautiful when you start recognizing his voice. So how do we test his voice? Okay, as important as hearing because we can miss it. We can actually miss it and we shouldn't be scared to miss it, but we could. So we need to test the voice of God, first of all, with Scripture. Okay, God will never say anything that is contrary to the Bible. Very important. Even if there's an angel appearing, even if there's uh, circumstances or things that is beyond the natural, if it's not according to his word, you cannot rely on that. Very important. God has given us the word of God. Okay, he's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. This is our map. Oh, this is our road map at all times, you know. So if you are following Jesus, you're not married yet, you're following Jesus, God will not tell you to get married to somebody who's not following God who is an atheist, who is somebody who doesn't want anything to do with church or God, he will never tell you to do that. And I'm not saying we, we avoid people, you know, do not know God. By all means, we reach out, we love them. But when it comes to marriage, there's a covenant. There's a, you need to be equally yoked. You need to be one in mind, one in heart. So God is not going to tell you to get married to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Okay? Very important. Um, when, when Vian and uh, Michal, Michal is Vian's best friend, also 10 years old, like David and Jonathan, they, they were about six years old. And somehow we got to this conversation. I, I said to them, listen, guys, when, when you want to date the girl one day, just make sure she goes to church and she follows Jesus. Okay? You need to do both. Because sometimes people follow Jesus and they don't go to church. Sometimes they go to church, but they don't follow Jesus. So, I said to them, those are the two things you need to look for in a girl. And, you know, it was like quiet, and they gave it some thought, and then Michal said, she must be pretty as well. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine, she can be pretty as well. Just make sure that she follows Jesus and go to, goes to church. She's six years old, eh? Who says a six-year-old doesn't know what he wants? <laughs> there must be accountability. We need to walk in accountable relationships. You need to check the voice of God, especially, again, if it's a cross-row decision. You need to check it with a reliable friend. Not your romantic friend who will get excited about any boyfriend. Your objective, truthful friend who will speak the truth. We need that. You know, Andre and I have an agreement that we do not make any big decisions unless both of us are in agreement. It's amazing. We haven't always been at that place. You know, it's been a, a, a learning curve, and we've grown into that. You know, where even if God speaks, we wait if the other person is feeling uncomfortable. And we need that. We really need that. So for those of you who consider yourself as spiritual, it's awesome. But humble yourself and admit that you might sometimes make a mistake. Humble yourself. Walk in humility, you know, and, and, and admit that sometimes you can make a mistake. You know, I, I know a story about a woman, actually know her personally, years ago. God showed her that she's going to get married to this one man. The only problem was this man was already married. Okay, so there, now there's the first complication. 
But she, she was felt so strongly, this is God, she was literally waiting for his wife to die. Luckily, she didn't wait for a divorce. That would have been worse. But she waited for his wife to die for years. For years. I lie not true story. And she was, she, her eyes opened when she, somebody she trusted said to her, you are deceived. You are deceived. And in that moment, her eyes opened. You know, we cannot, when it comes to these kind of decisions, we cannot live in isolation. We cannot think that we are so spiritual that we're never going to miss it. We need accountability. Amen? We need confirmation. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. We need confirmation. You know, sometimes confirmation is just a supernatural peace. So confirmation is not necessarily uh, an angel appearing to you. It could just be supernatural peace. But you need to make sure that, especially if it's an important decision, you get some kind of confirmation. You know, when I was at university, this one girl, I don't know, sometimes I suppose as if, Deception can easily creep in when there's relationships, eh? when our hearts are unreliable sometimes. So it's this one girl, she really liked this guy called Andrew. Now she, and now she's got this, this CD, this album. And one of the songs is called Brother Andrew. Now she says to God, Lord, if, if I'm going to put the CD on random and if it goes to that Brother Andrew song first, surely it's my husband. Now she does that. It, so, it sounds funny, but I tell you there's many stories like this. Now she, she does it, and the song goes randomly first to Brother Andrew. Now she is, this guy's my husband, and she is convinced they never even dated. They never got married. Praise God, somewhere along the line she realized that this is, you know, she's completely deceived. But for her, it was real. That was her confirmation. So as much as I want to encourage you this morning to step out and hear God's voice, in the same breath, I want to encourage you when it comes to important decisions, let's make sure that we, we get confirmation and we, we are accountable to people that we can trust. I mean, there's another friend of my sister a few years ago, lives in PE. She was convinced that there's gonna, a, a tsunami is going to hit the East Coast. You know, PE is London, you know, all these. It's going to be a tsunami. And we must all flee to the mountains. I mean, praise God, if that's a real word, then we need to listen. However, her husband did not agree with her. And her church leadership did not agree with her either. But she said they are unspiritual and they don't understand. And God is speaking. And she made preparations. Hey? She made serious preparations to flee and to be safe. And it never happened. So also a red light. If you are in a marriage relationship and your husband or your wife does not agree or feels uncomfortable, I'm talking now two people who serve Jesus, two people who can hear God's voice, you need to stop the bus, think again, pray again, ask the Lord again. Okay? And ladies, we often think we are more spiritual than our husbands. Okay? There's often in a, in a marital relationship, I get many women who feel that their husband is the unspiritual one. And she's the one hearing from God. We need to humble ourselves and admit that God has, given, God has given us a man 
who is in his own way seeking God. And we need to humble ourselves and we need to admit that if we feel there's a tsunami hitting the East Coast and our husband does not agree, we, we might need to check again with the Lord. Amen. And again, I'm speaking about two people sincerely seeking the Lord. I'm not talking about a marriage that is unequally yoked or you actually getting saved after, your, uh, after you got married. However, you're still in a covenant relationship. All right, I, this, is a, this is a whole teaching on its own, but let's just humble ourselves. When, especially when people in leadership or people in authority over us doubt that we have heard from the Lord. Okay, and then just very quickly, how do we discern His voice? How do we grow into hearing a still small voice, feeling a pain that's not our own? How do we grow into, into seeing a picture? How do we grow into, into dreaming a dream that is of God? How do we grow into that? We need to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is the key. We cannot do this in our own strength. Don't even try and see pictures and dream dreams and, and you know, by yourself. It's not going to work. We need the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, please join us. We, we're doing an Encounter One. We call it Encounter One. It's a, it's a seminar we do that talks about all the building blocks of what we believe. And a big portion of that day is about the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you are unfamiliar with what I'm talking today, please come and join us. 16th of February, it's a Saturday it's going to change your life forever. And if you've done it before and you feel you still need to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, please join us again. And you have, if you've done it 16 years ago, you know, please join us again because we, we can never stop growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to know the Word because this is when we will also know that something is, is contradicting the Word of God. We need to spend time in the Word. We need to unclutter our lives, and I really sensed that for some of you, this is what you need to hear this morning. Some of us are busy, 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 running from the one thing to the other. We don't recognize the voice of God because we're forever running. Unclutter your life. Prioritize whatever it might be, whatever it might look like for you. We need to learn to have moments where we unclutter or days or weeks. You know, this is why fasting is so beneficial. Fasting is amazing to unclutter your world. So well done again for those of you who fasted with us. It is for me the most effective way of uncluttering my world. So we need to learn, we need to find a plan or a game plan or a strategy. How can we unclutter our world and make space for God's voice? And then just the last thing, we need to take a risk. There's always a risk involved. There's always a risk, you know, if you, if somebody is highlighted in a room and you need to go and either pray or greet the person or say hello or do something, there's always a risk. But if we don't take that risk, we'll never learn. We'll never learn to recognize God's voice. And if this is unfamiliar to you, start with you've lost your keys and you need to know where it is, ask the Lord. And I ask, start with something that is not necessarily involving a big risk, start somewhere and learn to recognize the voice of God. Do not be afraid to miss it because fear can keep us. 
Fear can actually keep us from hearing God's voice. And the more we risk it, the more we step out, the more we will recognize and learn and get to know the Father's heart. It's an amazing journey. It's an amazing journey. And my prayer for you guys this morning is that all of you will start walking daily in hearing God's voice, knowing what you need to do, and hearing more and more clearly and responding to that. It's an amazing journey. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.